We've been talking about building a better home environment. I, I feel like for painfully obvious reasons that I don't want to wake up every day and be miserable in my home. I, uh, as it stands, Lord keep it this way, when I'm leaving the house, my wife is disappointed. And when I come home, my wife is really excited. I don't want that to get backwards. <laughs> Although on occasion, you know, I've, I mentioned last week, my wife and I like to joke together a lot and banter and different things. And so every now and then I'll be saying something and she'll be like, oh, is it time for you to leave already? How's that? <laughs> She's not too excited about me hanging around. Anyways, a reminder. Now, this, this particular lesson, I think, is actually going to take a couple weeks to get all of it because there's so much biblical foundation. But one of the really, really foundational thoughts to this is, it's important to understand the critical nature of the marriage relationship and how close this relationship is. And I've stated this in previous lessons that there are no other, or God didn't design there to be any other human to human relationships that will be closer or more impactful than the marriage relationship. Now, having said that, that's kind of a double-edged sword. On one hand, no one should be able to support you more, know you more than your spouse, right? Meaning your spouse's opinion and their insights and all these things should be able to strengthen and support you more than any other person's views or opinions or anything like that. On the flip side, if one can make you feel worse, put you down lower, than your spouse. And that's why we have to be really conscious and regularly investing in our marriage relationship. And believe it or not, there are some verses that actually talk about some of the things that I just mentioned about when we're at our worst, our marriages are at their worst. And I'm going to read a couple of verses to you. One that's probably very familiar is Proverbs 21, 9. It is better to dwell in the corner of the housetop than with a brawling woman in a wide house. It's better to live in some little cubby than to have the finest part of the house, but with a brawling woman. And I'm not talking about, you know, like UFC fighters, but basically I feel the equivalent with man would be a raging man, a brawling woman. And then there's a similar verse found in Proverbs 25, 24. It is better to dwell in the corner of the housetop than with a brawling woman in a wide house. So the Proverbs give this wisdom. And again, this isn't, it's so important because what, and I, it's interesting to me that when you get into the, the verses in the Bible about marriage and the marriage relationship, you quickly find these are some of the most controversial passages in the Bible. I don't know if you've ever noticed that before. I noticed that this last time as I was going through things and studying for this week and next. It's very interesting. Colossians chapter number three and verse number 19 says, Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Be not bitter against them. And again, all of these passages have varying views and different things, interpretations. When it talks about 
being not bitter against them, I believe it, it has a similar context to that of giving honor unto the weaker vessel. Because you have, I heard one, I want to say I heard one preacher interpret this passage of that women are so hard to live with, husbands try not to be bitter at them for it. Literally, that's how he interpreted it. And honestly, that may be an accurate interpretation for his home. <laughs> right? But it, it's not having to do that. When it says be not bitter against them, it's having to do with, and this is the easiest way to, to picture this is, I don't know why people do this. You've got a, a, either a baby or a toddler, and inevitably, what are people doing for entertainment, right? Taking lemon or something like this and putting it on the little kid's tongue to see the faces they make it all. Ha, ha, ha. That's where I grew up. I don't know what you guys are doing. Y'all look innocent, but I know it's not true. Don't act like you are feeding your kids stuff just for entertainment purposes. And what's happening? Ah, it's, it's bitter. It's harsh. It's sharp. And that's what it has to do with... Because look at, plainly look at the context. The instruction is to husbands, love your wives. What's the emphasis? The treatment and condition of your wife. Love your wives. Be not bitter against them. It's not separated by a, a period. The thought didn't end. It's a comma. It's continuing on like a proverb. And it's saying, love them. Don't be bitter. Men don't handle women harshly, bitterly. They're not going to respond well to it. And also, it's funny to me that, you know, some, when the Bible talks about women as a weaker vessel, some people interpret that as somehow women are weak or inferior. And yet we just read two verses that plainly say, uh, men, when a woman is brawling, you're better off being out of town <laughs> than with her. Right? So it's, it's not talking about that. So the Bible is showing these kind of highs and lows in our relationships, you know, and man, things are bad. Things can be horribly bad. That's the difficulty with marriage is that it can very easily live in extremes. <clears throat> things are really good or things are really bad and understand because of the closeness of the relationship, that is the nature of marriage. And some people interpret that to be our relationship is very volatile we have all these problems. Yeah, things are good now, but they'll probably be bad tomorrow. And I do understand that volatility can exist in marriage. I'm not mocking that. But also look at it from the standpoint that because relationships are so close together and we affect each other on such a deeper level that we can move to those extremes very quickly, unintentionally. I'm sure there's somebody somewhere who is always trying to be extreme, but I think healthy, sane people are not. <laughs> You know, we, we're, we want things to be more even keeled, but because of the way we affect each other. Now, it, we need to be conscious of the fact that we affect each other on this level. And I took us to a passage here in Proverbs chapter number six. Do you want to talk about how deep does marriage affect men? And I think this is a, a very interesting passage here in Proverbs chapter number six. It's having to do specifically with adultery. But in essence, with adultery, you know, you've got one guy sleeps with another guy's wife, not to sound crude or harsh, but in essence, this is what happens. And here, Proverbs chapter number six, verse 32, starting where I'll start. I want to uh, kind of emphasizing these extremes. But whoso committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. Yeah, and that's very true. He that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. Now watch Okay, so what kind of destruction, what kind of impact is this going to have, right? This guy goes out and sleeps with this other woman who's married. What impact does it have? The Bible's saying he's destroying his soul. Verse 33, 
a wound and a dishonor and dishonor shall he get and his reproach shall not be wiped away. Wow. How many here have ever lied? Would you raise your hand? If you've ever lied, if your hand's not up, you're a liar. (laughs) Yet you and I are not known as liars. Oh, there's Luke the liar. (laughs) Luke's like, well, why are you calling me a liar? Because at some point in your life, you lied. Yeah, but that's not who I am. I'm an honest person. No, you did. So therefore, that would be crazy to take one thing or something somebody's done in their life and make that their label for their life. And yet, the Bible says that the man who commits adultery, he won't be able to wipe that away. You're, you, you're an adulterer now. And, you, and, and it's, I don't wanna, and I'm gonna be careful about this. I'm not saying it's the unpardonable sin. That's not what this is saying, okay? Marriages have, many marriages have recovered and grown even though adultery had found its way in, okay? Many have. So I'm not trying to say it's the unpardonable sin, but what I'm saying is, you get it. The Bible's emphasizing the impact it has. And it says, and his reproach shall not be wiped away. That's a powerful stain. Uh, you go down, it says, verse number 34, for jealousy is the rage of a man. Jealousy is the rage of a man. So this is talking about the husband, right? Some other guy slept with his wife. And this is much more <coughs> Bible times too. But some other guy slept with his wife. Well, this jealousy within this man, because this man has been affected so deep, why? Because you affected the deepest relationship he has. That's the whole point, right? If I find out that some guy cheated with some other guy's wife and I don't know them, no offense, I feel bad for him, but it doesn't affect me a whole lot. But our relationships are so deep that the Bible says about a man that for jealousy is the rage of a man, therefore he will not spare in the day of vengeance. He will not spare. There is no... Well, you know, he's had enough. No, there is none, right? He will not spare. There's no trigger in his brain to say, okay, that's enough. That's what it's saying. You've hurt this guy so bad that there is no kill switch. That seems pretty intense, right? Then it goes on. It says, verse 35, and he will not regard any ransom. Can't buy the guy off. Okay, I'm sorry, but let's do this. No, 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 no switch. That's how bad you hurt this guy. Last part, neither will he rest content though thou givest many gifts. There's no way to calm this guy down. Why? This is a crazy rage the Bible is describing because you hurt a relationship that's the deepest relationship. Does that make sense? Now, and I'm using, and believe it or not, I've chosen these illustrations because it's a little bit easier to use illustrations where it's kind of outside than what you and I deal with every day. I could bring up illustrations that would apply to your immediate marriage, but that's going to stir up hurts within you guys. So that's not edifying in my opinion. So I kind of look at these other things. But as we look at marriage and we're trying to create a better home life, one of the things that we need to be very conscious of, we need to live conscious of is the fact that, okay, hey, what I say, what I do, what my facial expressions look like, what my tone sounds like deeply affects my spouse. Not because my facial expression was so bad or my tone was so awful but because we are connected in a super close relationship. And within that relationship, any and everything I do has an extreme effect. Does that make sense? I'm hoping you're absorbing that. Now, this is not a one-sided coin. There's two sides of this. 
most of us are like, oh, that explains why when I said this or I did that, you know, that she took it so wrong or he took it so wrong or whatever. But on the other side, now listen, on the other side, right? A little kindness, a little love, a little compliment, a little encouragement goes a long way, goes a long way. Now, one of the things about the positive natures of marriage that we need to talk about is realize that not everything that we say or do in marriages garners an immediate reaction. Not everything that we say or do in marriage immediate, or garners an immediate reaction. So sometimes my wife will say to me something that I've been working on or something I've been thinking about. She'll say, you know, I was thinking the other day and I had this thought. She'll share it with me. I'm like, okay. And now these days I've learned to say, because I need to be a better communicator and give good feedback. These days I will say to my wife, hey, I need to think about that. Because if I don't say anything, she feels like I just ignored what she said. And that's really hurtful because here's my wife. In the time that we're not together, she's having these thoughts about me and how to better my life and these things. And again, I don't want to make it sound like my wife's trying to you know, control my life, but she supports me. And so she's thinking, and so we get together and she's like, oh, I had this thought. So she's sharing something that is to benefit me you know, really good. And if I don't give some kind of response, if I'm like, hmm, right? What did I just communicate to my spouse? I don't care. I don't care. Why are you bothering me with that? And a lot of times, and especially as men, I feel like I'm saying this section for us men by and large. We need to think about it, right? We weren't necessarily in the headspace to absorb what was just said. And so I've learned through time, I'll say to my wife, that's good. I need to think about that. I need to give time. Now she knows I'm not just ignoring her. She knows, okay, this is something Dan wants to ponder. And sometimes we get discouraged because we're trying to support or compliment or something like that. And we feel like it's not impactful because there's not some immediate response. The other thing is, is that if there's not an expected response, this is important. If there's not an expected response or you get an unexpected response, let me go down both those, both those tracks. Number one, if there's not an expected response, like, oh, hey, honey, you know, and this could be the husband or wife, honey, I cooked your favorite meal for you. And they're like, hmm. And it's like, that's weird. I would expect normally they would be excited about that. If that's the case, before you decide how you're going to feel about it, investigate. Say so again, before we decide to internally respond, oh, they don't care. Okay, before we do that, investigate. Ask a question. Hey, I figured you'd be excited about that. What's going on? Ask questions. And sometimes in, in our relationships, we're kind of, oh, when they get home, I'm going to say this or I'm going to do that and kind of plan things or whatever. And then we say this or we do that and we don't get a response that we're expecting. And then all of a sudden we're hurt by it. But before you decide to get hurt, investigate. Hey, normally you'd be excited about this. And that's, that's one of the things that helped us because Sarah would say something and she, she'd say, you know, I just feel like you did not care about what I had to say at all or it annoyed you or something. I'd say, oh no, you know, I have to think about that. You know, I just came from work and I'm thinking about all this other stuff. And I mean, that's a really good thought. And I need to think about it. And that's how a lot of us, it takes time. Some people are like instant conclusion people and other people are ponderers, internalizing things, you know. And we're going to talk a little bit more as we move towards the end of the lesson in the, the nature of supporting one another. And when you support one another, you do it through your differences, but we are different in how we approach things and what affects us. So the first thing is, what are you kind of doing with an 
I didn't get a response. And let's talk about the other one, which is an unexpected response. This is awesome. Have you, have you ever uh, meant something to be positive? You're expecting a positive response and instead you get hurt or anger back and you're like, I just went completely off the rails here. What in the world happened? I don't know how many times I've just been standing there like, I'm so confused right now. I have no idea. And please, ladies, please never do. If I have to tell you, then do, please don't do that. Realize that he's genuine. He's telling the truth. You have no idea what's going on. What, what just happened here, you know? And again, similar to the previous thing is we need to begin to investigate this thing. I would tell my wife, honey, you look great today. I'm trying to compliment my wife more. <clears throat> and it's, I found this, I'm gonna throw this out there too. I found this to be true. This is the oddest thing. My wife and I disagree when she looks her best. Now let me describe that. There are times where I think her hair looks great. Everything about her looks great. And they're always never when she thinks it is. It's the weirdest thing. And so finally one day she tells me, she said, would you do me a favor? And any time that you think my, either my hair looks good or my makeup or whatever, or an outfit, I want you to tell me. And so I do, have been for a while. Actually, it's really helpful. And I have been for a while. And you know what? As we started doing that, I started discovering, typically she feels the exact opposite. The other day we were just sitting there talking next to each other and weren't getting ready to go out. And it just... I just thought her hair was just great and everything. I said, you look really beautiful right now. And she just, she appreciated it, but just laughed at me. She's like, I have done like nothing, right? I'm like, you don't need to, you know? Um, so sometimes, man, you'll hate. And I, this, this was with my wife for a while in the very beginning in a relationship. And I would say, oh, honey, you, uh, boy, this looks really nice. Or you look really pretty. And I felt like she was almost brushing off my compliments. Don't raise your hand if you feel like that's happened to you. And so finally, one day I, I was actually offended by it and decided I'm going to investigate this thing. And I said, I feel like I'm your spouse and my opinion means more to you than anybody else's. And she was like, absolutely. And I said, but I compliment on how you look, but then we go to church and you keep asking me and other people how you look. So it's like what I said carried no weight and it's confusing me. I totally don't understand that. And she laughed and she said, well, and this is, I learned this. She, because I investigated, she goes, you say something like, oh, you look good, but there's no specifics. So I don't know what to think about it. And this is a part of knowing your spouse, knowing your spouse. My wife, in her mind, she operates off details, right? And I've already talked about this. Men, we're not that way by and large. I know there's some men who are the exception to this, but we're just like, how do I look? You look good. So as I investigated, I expected a different response from her. I expected her to be like, oh, thank you so much. That means so much because I know my opinion means a lot to my wife. And yet I'm giving her a compliment, but I'm not getting that response. I'm getting a, it's like you're a stranger and I don't care what you think. That's just really odd. So instead of being hurt, treating her differently, my mood changes. Instead of going down that path, we all know what that path looks like. Instead of going down that path, investigate, ask a question. Hey, it, and remember, this is so important. I know we taught this a dozen times, but I'm gonna keep teaching it until everybody's using it. We want to ask, not accuse. We wanna ask, not accuse. That's why I said, hey, 
it seems like, it feels like, it seems to me, whatever, however, whatever phrase you want to use, this is the way things are. The second you say, you never care about my compliments, now you're accusing them. And they're going to spend all their energy trying to give a rebuttal as to why that's not the case instead of giving them the freedom of saying, oh, okay, I can see why you think it's this way, but let me elaborate, clarify, creates a way different environment. So anyways, so my wife, here's my wife, and she's telling me, oh, it's because you're not specific. So I became specific. Then what happened? Now my compliments mean so much more to my wife. They're having the impact I desired, I expected because we communicated. Does that make sense? Why is that? Why is it important that we're clear on some of these things? Because it makes the difference. And, and just think about this, okay? Sarah and I are getting ready to go to church or a date, wherever. And I say, oh, honey, you look, you look really nice. Oh, thanks, honey. And then a couple minutes later, she's like, oh, how does this look? How does that look? And I'm like, I just told you. Apparently, my compliment just like fell on the floor. So now my spirit's a little different, right? I was expecting a different result. So now we're headed to church or wherever else, and Sarah can tell, well, Dan's being different. Don't, do not act like you guys aren't well aware of, hey, my spouse's spirit just changed, right? And the longer you're married, the more you will get in tune with this. We're at this crazy stage of marriage. I, it's hard to describe. I don't even expect you to believe it. I can sense what my wife's feeling before I've talked to her. It is the weirdest thing. And I, I, you could talk to her personally to testify to this. There are countless times I will say, I feel like you're really upset right now or um, something's bothering you or you're confused and I cannot explain it. I just feel it. It's the weirdest thing. And she'll be like, yeah, this, that, or the other. Anyways, anyways, point being, the more you know your spouse, the longer you're married, the better you get to know them, the more you're going to sense any kind of attitude shift. So when something happens and you feel, hey, they just changed, now things are more sensitive. So, and this is what happens, it's crazy. This is the nuts thing about marriage. I try to give a compliment. I feel like it goes south. My spirit changes. Now we're treating each other different as we're headed to church. Now we got a problem building, a miscommunication building. Where did it come from? Oh, compliment. Are you kidding me? Am I the only one who's felt like there sh it should be illegal for there to be a problem based on this source? I said this and that happened. This is not fair. This is ridiculous. It, 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 right? We spend so much time solving the real problems of marriage. Addictions and dependencies and just all of these things. I got just like a ton of other stuff I could list. And we battle and we fight and we overcome them. Praise God. We overcome them. Then it's the little foxes, as the Bible says. Then it's some half understood comment that blew up our evening. Are you kidding me? That should not be how it's, it shouldn't be possible. But it is. But it is. And it's super important to remember that we have a huge impact on our spouse. <clears throat> I would say it this way, you probably heard before, but a feather with your spouse, a feather can weigh a thousand pounds. And we've got to be really mindful of that as we approach our spouse. We cannot be very flippant. And, and, and here's part of the problem, because this is the duality of what we're dealing with here, is typically we're most relaxed with our spouse. I try to be the same person. I try to have sincerity. I try to be the same person in public that I am in private, but I do have to own the fact that I'm very cautious 
in my public life because it affects a lot of people. And I like what I like what one preacher said. I was reading a book on preaching, and he gave this piece of advice that confused me at first. It said, never walk to the pulpit any differently than you walk anywhere else. I thought, why didn't you put this in this book? This is so weird. And then I began to realize as I'd seen, and I think Sean remembers this one, we had a guy in our church who got up and started preaching. He was filling out like a Wednesday night or something. And he started preaching like he was Dr. Gibbs. It was the most awkward message that I can remember. Like he was taking his glasses off. He was doing all this stuff. We're like, what are you doing? Like, this is, and here's what the heart was. That's not you. That's not who you are. People shouldn't hear you preach and then meet you and feel like this is a completely different person. I must have met his other personality. <laughs> well, in a similar sense, I don't want to be one thing in public and one thing in private. Having said that, when I get to my home, I am relaxed and I am the ultimate me, right? I'm just, ugh, day's over, I'm tired. And a good example of that is do you wear the same thing you wear in public when you're lounging around the house? I hope not. Man, that's weird. And I've heard, of, I've actually heard of people in the ministry, uh, so-and-so doesn't even own a pair of jeans. Uh, he's always in khakis. And, well, I'm sorry that he's gone off the deep end. I own sweats, brother. I'm kind of chill. You know? I'm comfortable, right? Me and a furry blankie. Uh, but some people, that's their identity. And they got this big thing. Well, we have to be so cautious that because we're more casual and relaxed at home, we have to be careful that we don't get lackadaisical about the treatment of our spouse. That's my point. Then all of a sudden it's like, well, I'm home and I'm relaxed and I don't really care. I don't have to think about my words as much. I don't have to be think about how I say things or the spirit of how I say things. Boy, we can't. If there's ever a place in the entire universe we need to be very conscious of our treatment of another person, it's with our spouse because that relationship affects them and us more deeply than any other relationship we have. If anything, I want to encourage you to be more flippant in public. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Uh, no, we need to be more sensitive in our homes as we, as we talk to each other, as we deal with each other, because things can have a big impact. Does that make some sense? And this is, we're building here, we're going to keep moving forward, but because it's our home environment, and because we're so intertwined and interconnected with each other, there, our spouse's spirit and condition directly affects ours. I don't have anybody else to tell on, I have to tell on me. So, my wife, I noticed, this was earlier in our marriage, I noticed I'd come home from work, and not every time, but I come home from work, and I'm t I wanna see if there's anybody else like this. I come home from work, and I'm, I'm tired, and oh man, I'm so tired, you know. And if I ever came home and I was so tired, I needed to lay down and it wasn't bedtime, I could tell my wife would instantly get in a bad mood. It was the weirdest thing. And I'd be like, oh man, honey, I'm so tired. You know, been crazy hours at work, working really hard. It's like, I, I think I need to go take a nap or something. And instantly she'd be in a bad mood. And I'm just like, so finally one day I investigate this thing. And I was like, never not bring up a topic because you're like, I don't think now's a good time. A lot of ways about that. And I was like, honey, I feel like anytime I'm tired, it instantly puts you in a bad mood. And I feel like I'm not a lazy person. I feel like I'm working really hard. And so finally she confesses to me. She's like, honey, I, I draw energy from you. I'm, I'm excited when you come home. And when you're lethargic and you can barely function, that affects me. I feel tired. I feel unmotivated, and so it does bother me in that sense, and I thought, oh, I never even knew that. You know, we're kind of talking about it. And then the other thing, like she said, is I, I, I'm excited to see you when you come home. I'm still working on keeping that thing going. 
I'm excited to see you when you get home, and then all of a sudden, I don't get to see you, and I hate that. Well, one minute, I feel like my wife's mad at me because I got tired from working hard. That's annoying. Anybody? But in reality, it was the opposite. She wants to be around me and all these other I'm like, okay, you got some really good reasons here. I didn't even know anything about Accusatory. I could have just been all ticked off about it. Be careful about that. Talk to your spouse because again, one, you're probably going to find out that it's not what you think it is. And then two, that's going to affect your home life. And honestly, my wife's really upset at me. Not a great time to try to take a nap anyways, even though, and I won't ask for, I won't ask for a show of hands. How many can, I don't, I don't want any hands. Don't even blink. Don't give any response. But how many spouses can get in a big blow up fight and go to sleep? I, 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 I will tell on myself, I'm that dude. I am that dude. Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> my wife, she's awake all night. This, is, this wasn't recent. This was years ago. But my wife, we were talking about something. I remember what we were talking about. We were talking about something, probably something stupid. We're talking about something and you got a little heated and my wife says to me, great, now I'm not gonna sleep. You know, and it's, just, it's funny because I never think that way. That's not a thought in my head. I've never had a conversation. Now, we try to cut off all serious conversations eight, nine o'clock at night. Now I know sometimes because you have kids, later is like the only time you get. Just be conscious of your state of being when you're gonna do that. But we try to cut serious conversations off because it affects rest and specifically hers. I never thought about the fact. It's not because I don't care about my wife. It's not because I don't want her to get any sleep. I just never thought about it because that doesn't affect me. How many can, when you go to bed, you can fall asleep within 10 minutes? I raise your hand. How many people like that? It's all guys. It's all guys. <laughs> That's awesome. My soul. Yeah. You know, there's just, because we're different, the things we do affect each other differently. Okay. Let me just, let me stop there. And I want to say this next week as kind of building on this theme of the impact that we have in each other's lives. I want to look a little bit more at, believe it or not, some of the more controversial passages. And we're going to look at 1 Corinthians, if we can get there. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. In that passage, it's actually dealing with women and men in the church. But there's a pattern, I believe. The reason I want to go there is because there's a pattern there and some also some misconceptions, too, that I think are good to iron out. Uh, that apply and can be carried into our homes and some wisdom there. So hopefully you'll be back and we can pick that up 